0: As you know, my friend Sophia, for my birthday, got me a lovely subscription to a thing called Universal Yums, which I hear you have previously coveted on Insta. This sounds like an ad, but it's not. I, I know, yeah, I wish we were sponsored because then I would be getting like free Universal Yums, but we're not. Um, yes, I have, the ads have popped up on Instagram and I have coveted them. Yeah, it was a really cute little box that I super enjoyed opening. And then I think she got me like six months of it or something. So more of it will be coming. Thank you, Sophia. We love you. We wish we could share this box, but unfortunately we are still in isolation. Who's the we in this scenario? Because I don't wish to share this box. I can't even be shared with. That's what I mean. You and I wish to share this box. Oh, okay. I thought you meant that you wish to share this box with her. And I was like, what about me though? No, no, no. It was deliberately purchased for me because, as she knows, I am a novelty monster. And, of course, you are also a novelty monster. And in past years, when we have received, through various sources, international snacks, we have been very keen to share them with each other. Yes. But now we cannot. Anyway, I'm here to report that the first box was from the UK, and some of it I enjoyed very much, and some of it I did not enjoy in my mouth. (laughs) What? 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 Okay, so what was the best thing and what was the worst thing? Um, there was banana toffee. Banoffee? I don't know. Like it was slightly banana flavored, essentially like a caramel type thing. And it was good. Okay. I wonder if that is Banoffee. I wonder if our UK followers can confirm. I had the same thought. Like it put me in mind of when Keira Knightley in Love Actually is being like, Banoffee pie. Sorry for my terrible taste in pie. Based on this candy bar, our taste in pie is not terrible. Unless you hate bananas, in which case, you know. Right. But let's get to the things that were not delicious in my mouth, because I think this is the fun part. There were pickled onion rings. You know, okay, so when you took a picture of the box and the snacks when they arrived and sent them to me, I thought, like, you know I'm not wild about this, but it doesn't sound like the worst thing. Like, it could be good in, like, a salt and vinegar kind of family. Exactly. And I was totally emotionally prepared to be like, this is weird, but it's growing on me. (laughs) I see that wasn't the case. It was... Very vinegary. If you have enjoyed drinking vinegar in the past, this is the snack for you. Oh, I wonder if Alex would like it. She might. She's also from a Commonwealth country, so maybe it would be appropriate to her palate. That's true. I've I don't think I've seen that on sale when I've been in Cape Town, but it's possible. And I was just like not drawn in by this chip flavor and did not purchase it. Yes. Um. Continuing about like the savory snacks, there was a honey and mustard crisp, which was like fine. And then there were crisps that were lamb and mint flavored. No, which I know that you're not about, but I thought like this might be fine. Like Australia has chicken flavored things and they don't taste like chicken. They're just like the seasoning, you know? Yeah, well, like China has a lot of like chicken flavor. Although China recently, I think Lay's also made like a lychee flavored chip. And I was like, well, this seems like a huge mistake. <laughs> But lamb and mint is such like a supposedly classic combination that I have never tried since I don't like lamb and feel like I would hate putting mint on top of lamb furthermore. (laughs) I think I might enjoy eating lamb and mint, the actual meat dish, if that's a thing. Right, but you also like pork and apples, which I'm not wild about. Oh, sure, yes. You do have problems combining your savory and sweet sometimes. Anyway, it was a delightful present though. And I'm quite looking forward, like the experience of trying them was very fun, even though like the experience in my mouth was like only 60% fun. <laughs> yes, I'm very covetous once again. I was, I wanted to buy this for myself, but then I was like, no, it's too expensive. Plus I have had these this experience before where I, I bought something, but this was like back when subscription boxes were like first getting big and it wasn't specifically a snack box. It was like foods from around the world and I got a couple and then I canceled because I was like, well, this is too much money. And also like I wasn't using any of the stuff, but like a lot of it was like cooking ingredients and not necessarily like snack foods. Oh, this is a better box. <laughs> I loved receiving that other box and opening that other box. But there's like teas and stuff like in my pantry that I still haven't used. And it's been like three years. Welcome to rom i am Alex and I'm Kat. And this week we are here to talk about the lovebirds and not snacks, sadly. Oh, well, we could have a snack podcast. Yeah, we could do like a very like infrequent podcast about like delicious snacks we've had. Yes, well I was going to say if we had a snack podcast, then you'd have an excuse to buy this box. That's true. I was gonna say that one time we did think about having like a one trick Twitter that just reviewed chicken tenders, which I still think is a great idea. And I recently did have some pretty good tenders from that vegan chicken truck we went to lettuce feast. Yes, lettuce feast. I'm gonna plug this. If you're in the LA area, they are a vegan chicken sandwich food truck. Uh, It's black owned. They are delicious. Anyway, we finally watched The Lovebirds. Basically what happened was we knew months ago that The Lovebirds was going to release at the end of May, and then I accidentally committed us to watching The Parent Trap for the previous episode, and then I was really jealous when everyone else was watching The Lovebirds, and I could not. But then we finally got to watch it. Yay. I had a good time. It was a weird little movie. Luckily, we're not a podcast that places a lot of emphasis on plot. (laughs) Yes, I was like, this plot has gotten stranger. <laughs> yes, it, it got a little out of hand, felt a little disorganized, but I enjoyed many lines and jokes, and Issa Rae is so beautiful. <laughs> yes, I thought the chemistry between Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjani was pretty good, and I would watch more rom-coms featuring the two of them. I thought they were a good couple. Yes, they were really cute. At first, when I saw the, like, montage of them getting to know each other, I was like, "Ugh, we're not going to see that. What? I realized it was one of those, like, established relationship rom-coms. Yes. But then they broke up. So it kind of turned into, like, exes, friends, relapse movie. And I was about that. That's true. I mean, it doesn't quite fall into that category because they literally broke up and then were forced to spend a night together, like essentially on the run um, and then got back together. So I would make the argument that I don't really know if they really broke up. But this did remind me of like a more updated and obviously like not as white date night with um, Steve Carell and Tina Fey. I don't know that I've seen it. Yeah, it came out like, I don't know, at this point, probably like 10 years ago. I picture the poster, but I don't know if I've watched it. Yeah, it really has, like, the same conceit as Lovebirds, where they are, like, an old married couple who go out for a night on the town, essentially, and then end up part of, like, some sort of crime or or witnessing a crime or something like that. Was it eligible for a Rom-Comathon? I think it should have been, but it was, like, a romantic comedy kind of thing. Adven- action adventure. Now I'm like, did I watch this for the blog and then completely block it out of my mind? But I don't think we did. I don't think we did either because I have little to no memory of the actual crime situation. I kind of have a vague memory of Tina Fey and Steve Carell. I just feel like I would have like more of a memory because I have more of a memory of horrible Jason Biggs movies that we watch like Boys and Girls or something. So I don't know that I'd feel equally confident because that David Duchovny heart transplant movie, like I stumbled across it on Amazon and was like, LOL, this movie. And then I was like, oh, I've actually watched this movie, but totally blocked it out of my mind. I would remember if I read the plot summary though, like, like, or like a synopsis, I would be like, oh, yes, the David Duchovny heart transplant film. That was actually pretty depressing. Oh, so depressing. Anyway, should I summarize the plot? Yes, please. Okay, so Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae are a couple who have been together for four years and they're no longer sure it's working. They break up on the way to a friend's dinner party, but then immediately accidentally hit a guy on a bicycle with their car. Luckily, he seems fine and he gets up and flees, leaving his phone behind. Okay, let's be clear. He doesn't seem fine. He's like bleeding out of his face, but he <laughs> runs off. Well, he's fine enough to run. Fine is a very relative term, Okay. Anyway, he's running because, as it turns out, a mustache man is chasing and trying to murder him. Mustache man pretends to be a cop, hijacks Kumel Nanjiani and Issa Rae's car, and runs Bicycle Guy over a million times. Accurate. He is about to also kill Kumel Nanjiani and Issa Rae, since they're clearly witnesses, but obviously, since this is a movie, some sirens distract him and he runs off and whatever, they escape. Uh Kumail Nanjiani thinks they should go to the cops, but Issa Rae, being black thinks the cops will assume they're the murderers since they own the car and are covered in blood. <laughs> it's not a bad assumption. I was like, "You know, it's understandable. Even if you were a white person, if you owned the murder weapon and covered in blood, I I, I might not super believe you." <laughs> yeah, like I feel like that's a reasonable grounds for like being detained. Anyway, so instead they start trying to solve the crime using clues from bicycle guy's phone shenanigans ensue including discovering like a weird sex cult and blackmail and stuff and whatever this plot's a little thin and meandering the cops find them and tell them like oh jk we never suspected you traffic cams showed us it was like a third person who hijacked your car so obviously that was all unnecessary and inexplicably the cops let them go but then the driver of their, like, ride back to their home turns out to be the actual murderer, Mustache Man, who I thought was not actually a cop, but as it turns out, is a dirty cop. Anyway, they fight with him, they come out on top, and as his half-drowned body is being wheeled away, they reconcile, having rediscovered what they liked about each other or how to communicate or something. Also, at the beginning, Kumel Nanjiani thinks Issa Rae is, like, crazy for thinking they could ever win the amazing race but then this experience proves that they are a good team and at the end we see them competing on the amazing race the end yes i would like to say that even though the plot's a bit thin on the ground that it was a really (laughs) fun film like i didn't have a bad time watching it um so i would like you know i would just say like if you're like on the fence here i would say watch it It was a totally fun 90 minutes. Guys, it's only 90 minutes. Yeah. Like, very light. But it was funny because right at the beginning of the movie, once the crime shenanigans began, I was like, maybe they would do well on The Amazing Race. And Matt was like, okay, there's no need to watch the rest of this movie. And as it turns out, that is how the movie ends. Yes. Um... I had many cop commentaries, obviously, because of our current, like, political situation. Because my first comment was, oh, a cop got into a car with two brown people and didn't shoot them. And then I went, oh, this guy is not a cop. I wrote, maybe another reason we shouldn't have the police is so other people can't pretend to be them and hijack your car. Yes. But then it turned out he was a cop. I know. And then he was like, oh, he's a dirty cop. Well, more argument for that. Uh... As we record this, it is the 9th of June, and I'd like to comment that another thing relevant to our current moment is that the joke, J.K. Rowling is a genius, has not aged well. Oh my god, I know. I also wrote that, and um, <laughs> I was like, it's depressing that I have to write this joke did not age well because this movie came out in after at- her initial comments. Well, no, this her initial comments from months ago. But then her doubling down on her transphobia was only like a few days ago. Like a week after this movie came out. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. (laughs) Um, Also, he said Rowling. Is it Rowling or Rowling? I feel like I keep getting corrected. You know what? I feel like you can say that her name however the fuck you want because she deserves nothing. (laughs) Anyway... The bulk of my notes on this movie were quotes. There were a lot of really funny lines, and I didn't have that much to say about the plot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like you watch the entire movie for Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae being hilarious, and they are very funny. Yes, and they honestly have a really nice dynamic, and I liked their relationship moments where they're in different situations being like, oh, maybe I love you after all. I did enjoy that afterwards I read a New York Times review about it that was like, oh, this doesn't quite live up to its potential or whatever. But my favorite thing was that during the whole movie, Matt had been mentioning Eyes Wide Shut. Yes, Alex also mentioned Eyes Wide Shut. Which I have never seen. Yes, neither have I. So I obviously, we have respective partners who have seen films and then there's us who have seen no films. Um, But this New York Times article was literally like this Eyes Wide Shut theme party regarding the sex cult and i was like i see that this is the reference that everyone else has that we do not but i will say my impression about that movie was always that it was terrible but that i was mildly interested in it for a very short time because uh tom cruise and nicole kidman who i didn't know a lot about individually at the time were a real life couple and of course any situation where a real life couple is in a movie is interesting to me and then i was mocked for this interest (laughs) I mean, we all know how that ended. It didn't end great. So no, no, I mean, my interest has faded since, but I'm just saying like 20 years ago or whatever, whenever I first discovered that this movie existed, I was like, oh. Well, I think the Eyes Wide Shut reference is really anytime you have in like a masquerade film that might turn into an orgy, you're like, ah, Eyes Wide Shut. Interesting. Is is the movie about an orgy? I I know there's some sort of like sex component with like masquerade stuff. Okay, sure. Are they specifically bird masks? Like the plague doctor masks? I'm not sure. I thought there was going to be more commentary. I- With the cult and the politicians and things. Well, I mean, I was deeply confused about like what the point was and then what was the cult. And, you know, I mean, the cult was funny. Yes. I feel like surprisingly we got much more commentary in their experience as people of color fleeing from the cops than we did about anything to do with the supposed actual plot. Yeah. The sex cult, though, really, that part was really wild. Like, once we got to, like, the sex cult, I was like, oh, I was not expecting this turn. Like, when they were, like, bingo calling out, like, the numbers of various members, and then those members just, like, started having sex, and thus on the middle of the stage, I was like, what? I was hopeful that it was going to be, a like, the lottery situation. Oh, that would have been worse. <laughs> um, but then I was like, oh, people probably wouldn't sign up for such a society. No, but I did love Issa Rae's reaction to the orgy where she was like, oh, are they gonna call more numbers? <laughs> yes, I loved the whole theme of Issa Rae being really keen on participating in an orgy and Kumail Nanjiani being much less keen to participate in an orgy. I hope they sort that out. I enjoyed his overall personality of like, we can have freaky sex, just let me know what you want me to do and I will do it to you at the designated time. I understand his point of view, I must say. You lead a busy (laughs) life, you need to make time for your freaky sex, God knows how long it'll take, you might as well schedule yourselves in. Sure, but I also understand Issa Rae being like, our life should be more spontaneous. But I don't know that I would necessarily participate in this society with all these people that, like, I hope they've all been tested. Well, I would think that with the society, you'd know an orgy might... Po- I mean, you know you're going to at least view an orgy, right? Like, he's not wrong. Like, this was in their Google calendar. They were like, <laughs> 8 p.m. gonna go possibly attend and slash participate in an orgy. But here's the question. Do you think the cops catch these people? Why are they trying to catch them? Are they committing a crime? Well, I think insofar as you know, they're being blackmailed. But otherwise, I don't feel like they are committing a crime. It seems like they're just having wild orgies with important people. So, like, who cares? Yeah, I don't know why the cops are like, we've been after these people forever. Yeah, I mean, look, plot was sitting on the ground again. But I <laughs> I was like, look, I would want to know, I guess, if politicians were involved in secret orgies just because it's fun times. I'm not sex shaming them. Gossip, gossip, gossip. Unless you're Lindsey Graham, in which case, let's let's shame you because you're horrible. But otherwise, if you want to participate in a sex cult, I say more power to you. Live your best life. I had some small questions that seem like they pale in comparison to the large questions, but I'll ask them. Okay. When their nerd friend helps them hack into the phone and then Kumail Nanjiani is immediately like, let me click on this app for the secret sex society. Why would you open this right next to Keith? I also wondered that, but Keith clearly was not curious about the situation. Well, I guess the excuse that Kumail Nanjiani had made was that he had gotten a concussion and had forgotten how to use the passcode to unlock his phone, but he needs to call his doctor yes and oddly keith doesn't find it strange that this phone only has one app yes (laughs) or this whole story i mean this whole story (laughs) is a bit thin i did enjoy that scene though yes me too and then them being like oh my doctor's at a fancy party so can we borrow some clothes to go find him right now also i was like truly lucky that their friends happen to have the exact right size formal wear you know what movie magic Speaking of costume changes, at one point they, like, go into, like, a CVS or a Target type of establishment and then help each other change into new outfits and then they're at the checkout, like, giving people the tag off their sleeve. I'm like, do establishments like that let you wear clothes out of the store? I mean, you paid for it, so I assume you can. Interesting. Um, and that concludes literally all my questions. <laughs> yeah i mean i just didn't i didn't have a lot of commentary i enjoyed some of like obviously the darker commentary on police and people of color i liked when a cop car went by and looked at them they were like he knows he knows he knows and then they were like oh just a regular racist thank god Yes, I like, you know, the part where they're in the diner. Well, first of all, I enjoy that they went to a diner right after, like, Mustache Man has, like, run over the, the bicyclist and they've, like, run off to the diner and they're, like, trying to process what happens and Kumail Nanjiani tries to order two alcohols. Um, <laughs> but then when Kumail Nanjiani is like, we should go to the cops, we should turn ourselves in, like, blah, 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 And Issa Rae is like, okay, let's play out this hypothetical. And then at the end is basically like, then I, as the officer, cover up my body cam and beat the shit out of you basically yes i liked when she said to kumail nanjiani in talking about like your beard looks murderous to me she goes your murderous beard and your murderous brow yes that was a good line i also liked the white people who like catch them at the scene of the crime and the girl calls and she goes she just happens to be african-american and he just happens to be a person of color as well (laughs) it's like i'm not being racist but they're really (laughs) they're murderers which, to be fair, if I found those people at the scene of the crime, I too might think they were murderers. Yes, I would be like, look, I'm not racially profiling or anything. They just happen to be here, covered in blood, and just got out of the car that I'm certain ran this person over. Yeah, I very much enjoyed the scene where they get kidnapped and tied up by Anna Camp, who this is like. Oh a my very- god, I could not remember her name. I was like Anna. S- something yeah so basically sometime in like when they're trying to trace the crime they answer a text message on this guy's phone with like instructions to meet someone at this bar and they go and they meet Anna Camp, and Anna Camp is like, "Who the fuck are you?" And ends up kidnapping them because Anna Camp is obviously a part of the sex cult, and she has them like tied up in her barn, and is like threatening to pour like hot bacon grease all over them uh, if they don't talk. And Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae get into an argument about burn victims. Well, they give them two choices. She's basically like, "You can either get bacon grease poured on you, or you can open this door and get the punishment behind the door," which. Turns out to be getting kicked by a horse. And Kumail Nanjiani is like, absolutely the door. And Issa Rae is like, you're crazy. And he's like, no, but we broke up. I have to get back on the dating market. How well do you think I'm going to do on Bumble with like a massive burn scar? And she's like, you know what? Burn scars are sexy. (laughs) And she claims that after him, she's going to seek out someone with a scar to date. And he goes, I'm going to stalk your Facebook so hard. If you're not with a fucking burn victim, I'm going to be so very upset. It's a very funny exchange. And then she's like, thank you for reminding me to block you. I really enjoyed them as a couple. I thought they had good arguments. I enjoyed Kumail Nanjiani's like milkshake monologue situation. Yes, and then she was like, can you stop with your like slice of life commentary right now? I liked when before they left for the dinner party, they were in their apartment and Issa Rae was kind of being like, what will people think? And Kumail Nanjiani was like, I don't care. And then shouting to yes. the neighbors to hear that they were fighting. And Issa Rae goes, no, we're not. We're rehearsing a play. <laughs> it's a fight scene. I had, I think, my only, like, complaint with this movie, I mean, aside from, like, the thinness of the plot, which I don't necessarily mind, I mean, like, this is really just a vehicle for Camille Nanjiani Issa Rae to, like, show off their chemistry and jokes, you know, um, Truly, it's like, if you're looking for an action movie, this is not the movie for you, but I don't think anyone listening to this podcast is looking for an action movie. Yes. Today. But my my other point of contention was that, you know, there's supposed to be character growth throughout this movie, and I just, like, wasn't really sure what their characters were at the beginning of the movie, and so by the end of the movie, I was like, I was there growth? I don't really know. Yes, like, how much can they really have figured out in a night? Yeah, like, well, it was just more like, at the beginning of the movie, we're told that Issa Rae is, maybe thinks too much of what other people think about her and say about her, and Kumail Nanjiani is, I don't know, like, lazy, like, kind of stuck. It's unclear. It's weird because she says, like, you're happy being a failure. But then later she's like, I watched your documentary. It's great. And so you're like, does she think he's a failure? Does he think he's a failure? Is he a failure? So many questions. Yeah, it's, it's just really unclear at the beginning of the film whether or not he is a failure. Like, they make the point to say, like, oh, you're he's a documentary filmmaker and he's been working on this documentary for a while, but he won't let her see it. But I wasn't sure how that translated into her critique of him, you know? yes he does seem pretentious in terms of like you know he'll watch a documentary but not a reality show and they have a whole argument about that which I don't have that much of a horse in but like I just I thought that we would learn more about basically what we see is a lot of them each rediscovering that the other holds them in higher regard I think than they thought yeah I just think that portion could have been better done but that's kind of like my only critique I think that would have given it more emotional weight, but like, I don't know if I was really there for any emotional weight, you know? Like, who cares, really? It did get broader and broader as the movie went on. But I liked the end. I liked the when they're first starting to date, there's a like, is this your I want to kiss you face thing that they then call back to right before they go on The Amazing Race. Um, When they're sitting in the ambulance and they're basically being like, you want to kiss me? No, you want to kiss me. Yeah, I would say that this movie doesn't have any like super cringy scenes. Um, So that was nice. It was nice to be able to like, you know, generally you can the cringiest scene is going to be the love confession. And we didn't really run into that issue here. Yeah, in terms of worse, I was kind of like, maybe this is the worst police work to let these key witnesses leave the station with only one cop who turns out to be a criminal. Yeah, these cops were really bad, even as far as like intentions go. They were just bad, (laughs) like not like corrupted, but bad. Also like lady cop who called to tell Issa Rae that everything was going to be fine. Like maybe you should have led with your key witnesses so that they didn't hang up and flee. Yeah, it wasn't great. But you know what? It had to be the impetus for the whole film. So to be fair, maybe the cop was like, no one would be so stupid as to think they were suspects, blah, 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 traffic cams, which did cross my mind. I was like, they go on like a long chase of this bicyclist. Did no cameras get this? I don't know. I have such paranoia that I feel like my first guess would be, oh, my God, she thinks I'm a murderer. I feel like I am paranoid about traffic cams in my normal life in case I do something stupid and so I think I was immediately like but cameras everywhere if you've ever seen any procedural fair enough I feel like there was also something else where I was like oh Kumail Nanjiani punches a window with his exposed fist and I was like wrap it in something. You know, they're not super well-versed in breaking and entering. <laughs> yes, he does seem like somebody who's, like, seen a movie, though. Yeah, that's true. Canonically. <laughs> yes, but not a reality show. No. How dare. Um, but that's that's pretty much all I have to say about the film. It was it was fun. Yeah. I feel like this was a little bit of a disorganized podcast, but it was a bit of a disorganized movie, so we're all good. We had a good time. And I think, um, you know, I don't have a word. I guess the worst line would be J.K. Rowling is a genius. Oh, no oh no anyway um lots of people of color the two of them yes uh the waitress at least two cops yeah i wrote like yay but not yay but yay a bunch of their friends were black yes um there was a couple that they got in a lift share with by accident and the girl was asian Yep. and then there were various members of the sex cult even though people were mostly masked yes and maybe others, but it wasn't a long movie and pretty them focused. So, yeah, it was like a the diversity seemed to be pretty good. Yeah. Although I did notice that it was written by three white people and maybe also directed by a white dude. I'm not sure, but I did look it up because we talked about how this was a vehicle and uh, just kind of being like, these are such funny people. Like I might've expected a little bit more and I was like, did they write it? And I looked and I was like, oh, well, they, they executive produced it, right? Yeah, I think. Well, is that right? I think it is, because I think I remember seeing that. So that would lead me to expect that they probably did have some say in, you know, how that went down. It's, I think I had totally assumed that it was a project that they decided to do together. So I'm interested to look into that more. Yeah, well, I hope they do more projects together. They were delightful. I thought they had, like, I was like, previous to this, I was like, I have no thoughts about Kumail Nanjiani Issa Rae's chemistry. But after watching this, I was like, you know what? That was pretty good chemistry. Um score i mean enjoyment wise i would maybe give it like an eight out of ten like plot wise maybe like a five (laughs) i think we could compromise and say maybe like a seven yeah okay sure um so like let's say seven-ish unicorn hoodies that Issa ray gets from whatever that target cvs is Mm, um seven out of ten eyes white shut masquerade sex call parties uh seven out of ten thank god for traffic cams Mm mm-hmm um seven out of ten lift rides i took a lot of lifts It took several lifts i feel like they were not they were so concerned about being trackable like they dumped her phone in the milkshake but then like never trashed his yeah i was like at some point i was like is this an ad for lift uh yeah seven out of ten terrible but somewhat understandable decisions regarding running from the cops oof yes Oh, and then never address is like, they must have some residual trauma, right? They literally break into a frat house at one point, and then every guy at the frat house gets murdered by the corrupt cop. Yes, I was going to say that I hope they go to therapy to continue to work on their relationship beyond this one night spent together running from crime. Yes, but also to work through their trauma since they saw a man being murdered in front of their <laughs> very eyes. And I don't know about you, but that would really shake me. Yes, they're actually holding up pretty well through this night. Yeah. Anyway, we had a good time watching this movie. It reminded me I've been meaning to watch Insecure for what feels like my entire life. Yes, I remember watching season one and it was great. Well, we hope that everyone out there is doing all right. Um, Thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon. Follow us on all our social medias, uh, which is in our credits. And bye! Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at, at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more RomComathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate RomComathon on iTunes. Thank you.